0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by elite OCR racer, Jessie Montague, along with her husband, coach and business partner, Sean Camp. The three of us had a great conversation around what it takes to become a good athlete in your sport. And it's not always the more is better, grinding it out, hard work that you think it is. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Jesse and Sean, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Thank you. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining me, taking this time. Um, I have looked at your story, Jesse, and I absolutely love kind of where you came from, where you are today, and how honest you are about the process that it took to get there. I think so often we see elite athletes and it's like, oh, well, since I wanna be an OCR athlete, I can do that. And just think it can happen like overnight, Um, which is definitely not true, which is why I wanted to get on here and just help people (laughs) understand like, this is a long
1: drawn out process. Yeah, it absolutely is.
0: So just kind of let's dive into your story. Um, Who are you and how did you get here?
1: So, yeah, I'm Jessie Montague. Um, I was very unfit as a child. I did not participate in any sports. Um, I was a goalkeeper in hockey very briefly, which just involved me standing, filling up quite a lot of the goal. Um, And that was about my kind of um, successes in terms of school. And then I went off to university and I actually gained quite a lot of weight. And I finished university really heavy, um, very unhealthy, and kind of realizing I didn't quite realize how big I was, but I knew that I probably needed to lose some weight. Um, so, yeah, kind of went on a few fad diets, joined a few uh, big name slimming. Companies who I won't promote because they're awful. Um, (laughs) And then (laughs) realized that actually the weight loss was one thing, but I probably needed to be doing some exercise as well. So started on kind of a really basic journey. And then that progressed along the way. We kind of started bro gym sessions first. And that moved into um, my friend mentioning an OCR race and didn't really know anything about it. Looked into it a little bit, went in horribly prepared. It was awful. I performed terribly. I at one point thought my skin was going to burst into flames because I was so hot and I was pushing way too hard. Um, And then, yeah, kind of from there, realized that actually if I was going to do it, I wanted to do a good job. So kind of scaled it back, um, looked at training properly, put a plan in place. And yeah, it's really kind of taken off from there. So it's been very interesting. but yeah.
0: So let's go into the training, you backed down to train properly. I think a lot of people just forget that it's like you sometimes have to regress to make good progress. So what did that backing down look, actually, what did your training look like before? And then once you backed down and refocus, what did that change look like?
1: I think in my head and obviously Sean's my coach so jump in if I speak out of line but I think in my head because we've been doing the kind of the gym sessions and I kind of deemed myself by that point to be quite fit and I kind of went into this race thinking I'm absolutely gonna smash it um it was a 5k so I hadn't done really any cardio and that was my downfall so we'd been doing all these kind of bro sessions five times a week um they didn't include any cardio and so by the time the race came around I think I'd got up to about 3k. I could run 3k in one go. And we were in Singapore at this point. So it's hot as anything. Um, And I remember kind of texting my friend after doing this 3k, like I've done 3k now. That'll be plenty. I'll be fine. And I just was horrifically underprepared. So I think the scaling it back came from realizing that actually the grip strength, the cardio was hugely lacking and that being able to deadlift my own body weight wasn't going to get me anywhere in terms of if this is what I wanted to do. So we sat and looked at it. then kind of built in a bit of a program which included a lot more base building a lot more cardio um But then I'm a bit of an all or nothing kind of girl. So it it took me a while. Sean is my coach now and I listen very well. (laughs) That wasn't necessarily the case at first. I think I was a bit of a criminal client. Um, I don't envy him having to coach me. He's sitting very quietly being very nice, but I was a nightmare.
2: You were my worst client.
1: (laughs) I was his worst client. I'm not your worst client now. I'm not anymore. So I've made progress. (laughs) Why was I your worst client?
2: Um, Because you didn't understand the difference between training for sport and doing everything you'd seen anyone on the internet do ever.
1: Yeah. So I had that real bad kind of, I think we get a lot as females anyway, but the minute that you're kind of thrown into something that you want to do well at, I was so desperate to perform well. And I could see all these people who, and I think the difference for me is that a lot of the girls that you see racing elite or even age group are lifelong kind of fitness. They've done dance as a child, or they spent their whole like kind of school career doing running And so I was kind of looking at all these top girls going, well, if I need to be top, then I need to perform like them. But obviously I was lacking that whole kind of childhood of of base building. So we had to approach it very differently. Um, And yeah, I found that hard at first. I was like, well, if they're going out and doing four hour long hill sprints, I should be doing that too. And so I quite quickly got myself into a kind of chronic period of overtraining, um, which was not good, but yeah, we we turned that around. (laughs) And I feel like I'm in a good place
0: with it now. (laughs) You mentioned something I want to dive into Sean, which is training for sport, not just following what everyone on the internet's doing. Cause I think it's so easy when, or it is so easy when you don't have a coach or just like searching aimlessly for things and like picking and choosing what looks fun or what looks cool and not really understanding, like there's a method to everything.
2: Yeah. So I always like, whenever I speak to people before I take them on as clients, I always say to them, like, do you want to exercise or do you want to train? Because that's, I, I think there's a big line drawn there in that you can exercise basically any way you want. Like if you want to exercise by doing five slow kilometers every single day, great. That's exercise. If you want to exercise by, I don't know, doing yoga. Great. But if you're trying to train to compete in something, then the exercise you do has to be based around that training. So like if what you're training for is OCR, you have to be doing running, mixed modality training. You have to be building strength. You have to be getting your heart rate up, letting it drop, getting it up. You have to do the things that benefit the sport.
1: And you can't always just jump in with the things that you think are fun. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you have to scale it back and draw a line yeah. under that too. Yeah.
2: There's <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of boring work that leads to the fun Instagram workouts that mm. I think everyone nowadays sort of doesn't have the chance to see, you get to see, oh, this person's doing this amazing workout and look how cool this is. And you don't see the fact that they've spent six months beforehand slogging away at really, really boring stuff just to do that.
0: Mm. Actually, just funny you say that. I just wrote a blog post a couple hours ago and pretty much put that like, you have to do the boring stuff, the unsexy social media stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. the stuff that people just swipe past going, that is so dull.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: So how long between when you finally realize, like i need to back down need to like build this base need to do this how long did that process take to the point that you're like i feel like i can actually race confidently
1: oh good question so we started so the first race that we did was a disaster that was in 2017 yeah okay so then what happened is i'm crazy competitive so I couldn't bear the fact that I'd performed so terribly. So then I think there was like a six month period where we were kind of working out what OCR meant and how to start training for yeah, it. Yeah.
2: So I went and did some another fun one after that. I did a beast for fun with a couple of friends and you refused to do it because you were no, like. No, I had
1: work. I couldn't get to time. Oh, okay. No, it
2: wasn't, no, that's not that one. Oh. It was the one in Malaysia, me and Harrison and Matt did. Okay. Um, you didn't come. You wouldn't come because you were like, Well, I'm not fit enough. I'm not doing it.
1: That does (laughs) sound funny.
2: Come to do it, and then because that's when you'd you then saw that and decided you were jealous. You'd missed out and like doubled down on. So you were still you were still doing that half half like I want to be able to do that, but I don't
1: want to do it. I like
2: this, and I like so. Then once we'd been done that, and you'd missed out on that, you went okay. I want to train for that. So that Mm. was the December of 2017 yeah so it would have been 2018 and then the first race was in like april or may yeah so like five months
1: so then i did like I so then i did an age group race where i kind of i was taking it seriously but i think a few things kind of all came together and i did it with a couple of friends but i think everyone had seen that i was training really hard and they'd kind of instantly equated that to jesse's training hard so she's going to perform excellently but I think it's funny that you talk about kind of confidence. I, By the time I got to the start line, I was an absolute wreck. Like I hadn't slept properly the whole week before. I think because everyone, and like, I'm really kind of, I push myself quite a lot as well. So I put all these expectations up and these pressures myself and they were being kind of doubled down on by everyone around me at work, at home, who was then like, well, you, you've been putting all this work in. So of course you're going to smash it. You're going to win. It's a shoe in. There'll be no worry at all. And then we got to race day and I went off that start line and the minute a couple of people got ahead of me, I was like, well, this is a disaster. I was supposed to win this. Everyone said that it would be a piece of cake and now I can barely breathe and I'm trying to run in sand and I don't know how to run in sand and it's really hot. Um, And so that was really interesting. I think the mindset is is 90% of the battle for me anyway. So I actually crossed the finish line on that race in fourth. And I don't know how you feel about fourth place. For me, fourth place, is the worst place you can come in a race. It (laughs) agree. sucks. (laughs) So I think I crossed that finish line in fourth and I was like, right, that will, no, that's not going to happen. And so, yeah, I think from that point forward, I was in, I was fully dedicated. I was still doing a bit too much because at that point I still kind of viewed hard work as the harder you work, the better you will perform. But I think after that race, we had a bit of a gap and then, ended up coming back and doing a race in the UK um and I came first so that was kind significantly of
2: significantly first
1: significantly first yeah <laughs> but that was, <laughs> that was kind of the point where I was like okay like I, I can balance this and I can see now that I don't just have to keep working harder and harder and harder and then that was quite a long journey and then it was maybe a year and a half of racing age group uh no one year A year. A year. so I raised age group for a year and then in 2019 in the January I moved over to elite and it's been a bit of a whirlwind hasn't yeah it? other than obviously 2020 was I was just gonna say to now go that ahead. we had a lot of races last year but <laughs> yeah I managed one
2: <laughs> yeah I think and we so we trained
0: same actually <laughs>
2: yeah I've had zero so I'm jealous of both of you um yeah we tra- we trained for that first age group race didn't we and you still neither of us did didn't value the running aspect of mm. OCR enough so it was like we're doing hit, we're doing strength sessions we're doing a bit of running but it was doing that race and then seeing people who'd not really done that much mm. but just could run mm. getting that first second third spot because they just ran more
1: and that really highlighted the lack of experience I had like going into that Spartan in the year before was literally the first time I'd ever run at all, 500 meters. So I think that kind of highlighted that. And I've been, I won't call it lucky because I'll get told off. I haven't been lucky, but it surprised me what we've managed to do in a short amount of time, considering I didn't have childhood worth of experience. So it's interesting. It yeah. surprised me.
0: <laughs> I will say, I think, I feel like a lot of times running is like the forgotten aspect of OCR, even though it's the majority, majority of ocr is like yes there's obstacles in there but you're there's a yeah. lot of running that happens in between all of those
1: yeah especially yeah. in the spartan format i mean you're looking at 20 30 obstacles the running is the majority of it but i think it comes back with the fact that the running is not the sexy bit so yeah. everyone's like oh it just goes on in the background but here's a photo of me doing monkey bars, and that's really cool <laughs> right <laughs> exactly
2: yeah. yeah everyone wants to go and play at a ninja warrior gym no one wants to go out and slog through the woods for an hour by <laughs> themselves like
0: yeah very true Let's talk a little bit about the regression that you did and that base building. Like what sort of things were you doing? Like what did that look like typically?
2: Do you want okay. me to go? Yeah. Yeah. So, boy, <laughs> yeah. so what we were doing before we regressed was uh, we're trying to F45, the like functional franchise pit thing so like 45 minute cardio workout every day and then you were doing like 90 minutes to two hours in the gym like following like a but
1: not really lots of rest yeah and... like a
2: bodybuilding yeah. style workout okay. um and then it was well okay let's not do as much bodybuilding and we'll do two lots of hit sessions a day and then it sort of that's that was in the lead up to that race it was like well I didn't really understand how to train for OCR then or how to coach for OCR. Then we didn't like our only experience basically was i jogged along with a couple of mates and had a nice time. <laughs> like you'd done fairly poorly at the first one. So we didn't really understand it. So then it was once we then did a second one where we could look at it and say, okay, your obstacles look good. Your burpees are fine when you do them, but your heart rate is getting so high and you're dying at a much like so soon every time you try and accelerate is is killing you despite the fact in these functional fitness 45 minute like hard cardio sessions you're smoking everyone in the room and like never really getting to that point so we took it back to be we need to add running in we need to add more running in in different formats so a lot of what we did would be it's i mean it's still the same format now like and anyone i've coached will tell you the same we do speed work we do longer runs and we do like some easy mixed running with OCR type work and if people and like I always say to everyone like if you want to go out for 20 minutes a day and do a really easy run that helps but mm. you don't don't need to but like lots of people go out for that run or go sit on a bike for an hour and just do that easy very low level cardio mixed with
0: the, really high stuff. the
2: stuff that works <laughs> the stuff that I think works <laughs> yeah Um, no i like that
0: i personally like me as an athlete and me as a coach i love mixing in that speed work just because it is so important to get that heart rate up let your body recover let your body know how to recover in those faster points um yeah so yeah i totally value that the speed work that's done definitely it's also super important because until you've tried to
1: go falls to the wall and then run into a set of monkey bars. You have no, you could do monkey bars a hundred times over. If you haven't sprinted into monkey bars, then when race day comes around, it is not good.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I said, I've seen some fit, strong dudes just never mix their stuff up and fall apart. Like Mm. watch the guy that I know climb a rope a hundred times, not be able to climb a rope because he never climbed a rope after he'd run. Mm. Like, (laughs) it's just not training for the sport you're doing is, is what yeah. <laughs> what makes you good at the sport. Like.
0: Yeah, and that's a great point that is often forgotten too, is that mixing it up for that purpose. Like you need to be able to do these obstacles under fatigue. The other thing I see too, a lot of times with people who get a lot of cramps in their calves with, with racing, but like have no issue with just running and getting cramps is not being used to that jumping plyometric standpoint with the running and pairing that together because they don't train that together too. So there's a lot of aspects to that we really need to think about with performance. Yeah. And trying
1: to think about them beforehand. I think the barbed wire, running into barbed wire is my nemesis. And it took me a good while. There was one race where they'd put the barbed wire up the hill and we just never practiced that because why would you? And I remember kind of running into it thinking, okay, it's good. And like side shuffling up this hill and then trying to run at the top of the barbed wire. And my legs and my hips were just like, oh, you you can't do that anymore. You, you can no longer run. So work that out now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, okay, after this, I'll add that to the list. We need to do more of that in training. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Sorry. yeah i was when i did my sgx qualification i was lucky enough that joe di don't know he works for anymore was in asia and so i got to do it in person with him cool. uh, and one of the things he said that sort of made so much sense and when you hear it you're like yeah obviously it was like so many people that cramp during races cramp because they've never been in that position before mm. so saying like if you've never crawled of course you're going to cramp when your body's in like like in effectively coming into shock yeah (laughs) and then you're like now crawl now run now crawl now run now jump on a wall now dangle and he was he said like if you don't do it you're gonna have problems with it and if you do it you shouldn't and from that like that sort of extrapolates out to everything in in fitness if you haven't done it it's going to cause a problem when you have to do it
1: Mm. which is the beauty of our sport right because it makes training so much fun
0: (laughs) 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 it's so true though I mean what other, I mean, granted, there are probably other sports, but like, there's not many sports that are so varied. And you have to train for so many different things that you can really keep every single day of training just really fun and different.
1: Yeah, I always think that because I look at kind of strict runners. And I'm like, my mileage, I don't know how people can hit kind of 100 kilometers 100 miles a week with their running. Sean's always like, well, because you're doing 10 other things as well but actually that's the bit that I really enjoy I like looking at my training for the week and going okay cool I've got a speed session I've got this I've got some strength work I think if it was just go and run and then run some more I'd end up getting pretty bored pretty quickly so that's, that's thing that's what I, I enjoy about it
0: <laughs> how many races do you running well obviously last year was weird 2019 <laughs> yeah. how many
1: races <laughs> did you run <laughs> um good question we were very lucky so we were living in singapore which so singapore itself probably had one or two a year yeah but we were so well connected and quite lucky that we had the opportunity to travel at weekends so there was thailand there was malaysia like we had access to quite a lot of going on i reckon in 2019 got my stats somewhere but maybe kind of 15 races
2: yeah around there
1: i like to look for little things if we can fit them in as well so i did a I did a a vertical marathon on my birthday, just because how else would you celebrate your birthday? (laughs) And and then I decided that actually I wanted to know whether my body could complete a 50 kilometer race too. So I went and did a 50 K trail race as well. So it's nice to, I think that's what's good. If you can fit them in Spartan and an OCR takes priority, but kind of always looking for ways to, Mm. Sean, can I squeeze this one in here too, please? (laughs) So, but yeah, I I would say between 10 and 15 races in 2019.
0: think it's good too to not that OCR isn't fun to do but it's always good just to throw those random just fun events in because we can't just always go out and compete all the time we need to also add those things that are just like let's go do it and have fun with it and have like (laughs) essentially like less stress on the mind with it Hmm. and it's interesting to see like Oh
1: my God, a six minutes vertical marathon opened my eyes to the fact that actually when I was doing my hard sessions, I was not pushing, like you have not pushed until you've run upstairs for six
0: and a half minutes. <laughs> that sounds fun. Horrible. And it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and fun. Um, there's a trail here in Colorado that I was going to go to this past year, but they shut it down. Oh. So I'm going to go next year, but, um, it's base. it's a, I think it's three miles total, but a mile of it is straight stair incline. But, wow. That <laughs> sounds fun. And they actually have a like halfway <laughs> up, they have something called the bailout trail for those people who like, don't want Brilliant. to go any further. <laughs> I enjoy that. At least you don't have to then do
1: like the really embarrassing walk of shame when you're like, actually, I can't go, I'm going back down and the <laughs> right. to the side. That's a good idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, the reason I wanted to ask about how many races though is because I think it's important to point out that like more racing isn't necessarily a good thing like we always see people in the OCR role the amateur athletes just doing it recreationally who want to race every weekend their goals like 30 trifectas or you know whatever that big number is and it's just not a productive healthy good thing to do for your body like I don't really know which way to (laughs) direct them but like there's a reason to go out and race but there's also a reason to focus on those races if that makes sense
1: yeah and I think that's a really interesting point I think it comes back to why you're doing it like we've got quite a lot of friends especially in Asia who actually they would race every weekend if they could and I think actually for some people it's fine because if you're just going to kind of hang out with friends and that's your community then that's very different to the pace is going to be very different. You're not pushing your body to an extreme. So if it's a social event for you, I'd say you could definitely add in a few more if you're just doing that to get around. And then I guess it comes down to, we talk about kind of A and B races and even C races. And D. And D races. (laughs) It goes on (laughs) forever. (laughs) But in terms of the races that you would really prioritize, so they would be my A races. So which are the ones, maybe it's a series race, maybe it's one that I... So 2019, I actually... um, decided that I so to check the data so Jack was really good with the Spartan stats um, and I checked in with him and it turned out that there had never been anyone any female possibly anyone but certainly no female in their first year of elite racing that had podiumed all five distances so I got a stadium in the January and then a super and a sprint And so I was just looking at a beast and an ultra. I had an ultra planned anyway. So they then became, rather than focusing necessarily on the series, because actually two of the series dates we were out of the country, they then became my A races. And then it was just a case of, okay, we'll we'll treat the other ones as kind of more fun. So I'm not necessarily gonna change my training plan for them. I'm not gonna do a proper taper for them, but actually it's a really nice weekend to get away everyone we know is going so we'll take it as a bit more of kind of kind of a chilled approach to it so I think it's definitely about finding what your goals are um but yeah you're right I think going out and absolutely kind of smashing yourself every weekend your body's not going to thank you for it in the long run and we have got some chronic injuries across our sport like the amount of people that are training on so many injuries I think is yeah it's not the good place to be (laughs) way too many. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would say like the big difference is like whether you go and do a race mm. or you go and do a like
1: hanging event. Out.
2: Yeah. Like you race 5 or 6 times a year when you race. Yeah. But a lot of the other ones are a lot of 2019 for, for us was
1: Just didn't want to miss out.
2: Yeah, well it was <laughs> it was getting you the experience True. of different trails True. and different yeah. types of events and different didn't quite play out like it because you kept winning, but like
1: Sorry about that. Yeah.
2: But the idea was to try and get those experiences, of like, oh no, I'm in sixth, seventh, eighth place. Yeah, true. What do I do to catch up? Or hmm. I've gone out too hot and I've blown yeah. my load a bit, and yeah. like now people are catching me. And you had didn't quite get those experiences as I mean much. we it's, had
1: some interesting experiences. We did, yeah, yet? <laughs> but it wasn't
2: quite yeah, we sort of the first elite race of the stadium race was the January. And you literally only decided like three weeks before to move to elite. So that was like, okay, we'll do this one. And then let's see, like, for top yeah, 10. maybe you'll get top 10 yeah. and we'll see what that does. And then we'll adjust the training. And then you came second. And then,
1: I mean, that was a surprise to me more than anyone.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and so it was one of those ones where like, it, I think we both realized that you were fitter and better conditioned than we'd we thought both. you were. Yeah, for sure. And so it was like, okay, so let's push into that rather than. Just be like oh, okay we'll have to keep like obviously we're building and building and building but it wasn't a case of okay you're 10th at this race let's build until we can get a top five and then let's build and try and come mm. third and then get a second so it was the experience and the planning for the year had changed mm. but it was still like you still hadn't raced elite, you you yeah. hadn't competed with that many people so it was still about doing that so raced more and with less pull back so like i would say we did more a races than we would normally do Mm. because the year was more about i can't think of the right word for it but like learning how your body would respond to the training and especially the the five distances yeah um but yeah interesting yeah
0: (laughs) that makes sense and i like how you turn that with race and event because that is a great different way or it's a great way to view it that way um and i i always like to think of like your a races are obviously the things you're training for those other ones are just are almost like training runs like figuring out what transitions you could do better and like like really fine-tuning those weak links by getting out there and just getting a a good run under you
2: yeah yeah. And it's always funny. Like I've said, I said, well, I mean, 2020 really took it out of my hands, but I'd said at the end of 2019, like I'm not racing anymore. And everyone was like, Oh, you're not going to come anymore. And I was like, no, I'm going to be there. I'm just not racing anymore. Like I don't, I don't like running. I'm like six foot 200 kilos. Like I'm a big dude. And like, I'm beating lots of like fitter people than me, but I just haven't got that drive to try and beat. like, we did, an, I did two ultras and I dropped down to like sub 90, for the first time in my life and was like I'm weak I feel a bit shit like I look a bit shit I've got no interest in trying to do this to be competitive so I'll just do it for fun but yeah for me I was like I'm not racing anymore and everyone sort of was like oh so you're not going to come anymore and I was like no I'm just I'm not training and trying to win anything I'm just going to be there and I'll do it and if I do well I do well if I don't I don't like it is what it is but yeah I think it it changed my training mm. because of that.
1: I think it's nice that you've got the coaching side of things yeah. to focus on as well.
0: I think too, like I run open a lot partially because it allows, like, allows me to play around on obstacles, especially if new ones come in or like it's just one I struggle on. It's like, why not do it a couple of times, three, four times and just like figure yeah. out how to do better at it or, mm. you know. And so like, I personally like to do that more than actually
1: like race them yeah and open's gorgeous we take a lot of people around we'd like playing the game of how many people can we get into OCR so like (laughs) we like to go and do we normally do race in the morning and then we have a team of people so like we've got my dad doing a couple we've got friends who we've convinced to do them and that's where you're kind of like this is why we're here it's that community spirit it's the doing it together it's the having a play around doing the rope climb in a few different ways um yeah I think that's the real beauty of having Mm -hmm. that option as well.
0: Now let's take a quick break to talk about Equip Foods. Equip Foods is a supplement line, but what I really love about them is their products are made with 100% real food products. There's no fillers, there's no chemicals, there's nothing artificial in it. So everything that you are putting into your body when you consume their products is good for you. And they don't just have the normal protein and pre-workout type supplements. They also have products for decreasing inflammation, for joint health, for circulation, for all sorts of things that just help you be an overall healthier person. So go check out everything Equip Foods has to offer at equip, E-Q-U-I-P, foods.com. And at checkout, if you use code F-I-X, Fifteen. That is F I X one five. You can save fifteen percent on your order. You can also get a link to Equip Foods and all my other partners at getyourfixpt.com/partners. And now let's get back to our conversation. So, what does obviously this year is still a little up in the air? But what does this look year look like for you with your training? Oh good question. I, hmm, I've been very
1: hesitant to put anything in. I think I spent 2020 kind of going well this is cancelled but this. Okay well that's cancelled but this instead and okay well I'll just move that one to here and things would just it was just disappointment after disappointment and it just it really bummed me out and I think so we actually moved so we were in Singapore and then we moved back to the UK in August so I had a list as long as my arm of kind of races and places I want to visit so the more that they then well initially they were being pushed out of like when we would still be there so that was sad because I was like oh now I'm not even in the country and they're still going to be going on and then obviously they all just got cancelled entirely and then yeah it was just so disappointing and I think for me like I say, mindset is so important. So it was better for me to kind of self-protect and kind of say, I'm going to be really sensible with this. I'm going to have some very low expectations of what's going to happen. Um, and actually we managed to get a few trail races in, didn't we? Kind yeah. of to the wards. So I managed to do, I did a race a Spartan in the Philippines in February, which was fantastic. Um, and then everything kind of shut down. And then, yeah, we managed a couple of trail races in kind of August, September time.
2: It was later than that, it was October.
1: Okay, it was Halloween, Um, wasn't it? You dressed up. Oh, yeah, I did. And then that was (laughs) that was about it. So, looking forward to next year, there is technically a Spartan series here in the UK. The first race is due to be in like June. Yeah, so if that happens, I'll definitely do that. I'll be focused on the series, um, for sure. At the minute, I'm a bit hesitant to kind of put my focus onto that because. I just don't want it to be cancelled. So at the minute, there is nothing set in stone. We're training. Uh, I think I'm very lucky. I know that a lot of people, like we're in lockdown here at the minute and it's not the first one we've been in. And I know that lots of people kind of get into a bit of a slump. I am very lucky that my training doesn't seem to be affected by that. Like lots of things do. But for me, that's my kind of downtime and my happy place. So I'm really grateful that I don't seem to have struggled with that. We're still ticking over quite nicely. Mm. We've hit a few PBs. Um, and so for me, I'll just kind of keep I had a lot to work on anyway. Um, especially when it came to kind of UK terrain and the pros here, the girls here are so fast. <laughs> so I knew I had a lot of work to do. So I was kind of expecting to come back and again kind of aiming for top 10, aiming for some quite sensible goals anyway. So I guess if you flip it into a positive, it's given me some time to address that. I'm a lot more confident on the trails here. So we'll basically just keep an eye on the UK, keep an eye on Europe, Um, kind of get to what we can, but yeah, I'm a bit, bit wary of giving yeah. too many big goals just yet because this year is a disaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Anything I had, I had two races that were deferred from last year to this year that both already been canceled. And I'm like, oh. I'm not, scheduling anything because no. that's why I know it just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. yeah. Just continue training my yeah. no, weaknesses, a... getting stronger and <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's I what like,
2: can do. From a coaching side, that's what we're doing. It's keeping everything ticking over, mm. keeping keeping Jess fit, keeping her healthy, keeping building on stuff. And then when when the vaccine is finished rolling out, when COVID vanishes mysteriously <laughs> <Okay>.
1: and, <laughs> Sean's an <laughs> optimist.
2: Yeah, when when yeah. whatever whatever's gonna happen happens. And we get a first concrete event, then it will just be a case of ramping up and and prepping for what that event is. Because that's the other thing at the moment. Like, yeah, the series race is in June or whatever. But actually, if by March, this is very optimistic now in mid-January, but say (laughs) like they were saying here, by March, the vaccine would be rolled out enough that events would come back, it might then be a case of okay, we've not competed properly since October. if there's an event in in april whatever let's belt. just do it let's mm. get that competition back and it's like it might be a road race or a trail race or a small like functional fitness competition just something to do a few competitive things get the
1: pre-race fear
2: yeah yeah <laughs> to burn out the fact that you haven't really competed for like although we're saying we've raced you haven't competed since february it's a year no. nearly so well, yeah
1: because road
2: races don't count in my eyes no but yeah like when you haven't been on that start line and you haven't been trying to beat people for a long time Mm. you get nervous and Mm -hmm. you want to see that's where you really can test where you're at as well Mm. so yeah it'll be once the world sorts itself out and (laughs) We know what's going on.
1: And try not to then sign up for every race and get a load of injuries.
2: (laughs) That's the thing too, is like a lot
0: of times, and that's what I was worried about with 2020 and I'm glad it, I'm kind of glad it turned out like it did. So a lot lot of things were just canceled, but I'm like, it was going to like, take this whole year of spread out things to like stick it in four months. I'm like, you can't do that and not get injured. (laughs) Like this is not okay.
1: And I think we'll probably see that. Like I'm very lucky in that, having a coach because I can even today I went to do some hill repeats today after a, we did a gym workout and then I was like well I haven't done much elevation this week so I'm just going to go and do a couple of hill repeats seven rounds later I was like uh, I think I need to just check with Sean that I should probably stop soon he was like you <laughs> stop now <laughs> so I think I'm very lucky in that sense in that I have got the person that kind of sees the bigger picture and not just the you haven't raced so book in every race you can and I think for anyone that hasn't got a coach definitely mapping that out and looking at the bigger picture to keep your body safe because no one wants to have not been able to race and then get themselves an injury that stops them when there are races on as well so yeah be sensible kids
0: (laughs) (laughs) public service announcement for the day (laughs) yeah you're welcome
2: (laughs) as well like I don't know I don't know what the world looks like at the moment I've stopped trying to check in on everyone's gym situation and race situation and stuff but what what i found what a lot of people i found is when the gyms reopened when we were in singapore and then again reopened when we got back to the uk is like people go in like oh i haven't been able to do this in a month mm-hmm. two months three months and forget that that means they should then not do it straight or away scale back. yeah yeah <laughs> you so can't
1: deadlift the same amount you did guys no, the number <laughs>
2: of people i saw run into a gym like <laughs> i haven't squatted in six months 100 kilos on the bar oh, oh god i'm flat <clears> on my <throat> ass on the floor <clears> and i've blown my knee up or I've torn my shoulder going too hard or like, and all those injuries from people who I don't mean to say know better, but should know better. Like people who have trained properly getting injured through overexcitement. And I think that's, we're going to see that again, when races come back, people like, I'm not really prepped. I've not like, I've had a bit of time off. I've let myself like eat some food and not train. But I used to run Mm. a sprint in 35 minutes off. I go at that pace and a kilometer in, your achilles is blown your mm. acl your something's gone because you're just not prepped for that speed and that condition and or oh i used to be able to race every weekend and all of a sudden they're doing four trifecta weekends in <laughs> six weeks or something stupid and getting hurt midway through and then pushing through to another one mm. because they're worried that races have been gone and they're not going to come back and stuff but
1: yeah it's going to be really interesting to yeah. see how it affects different people
0: Yeah, it really will. But, um, you're totally right that when the gyms opened, that's exactly what happened. Cause I saw it and like, for me personally, cause I know better, it was like, all right, whatever my numbers were, we're going to take it down to maybe 80% of that as my like one rep max potential. Um, And then base everything off of that and just see where I'm at. I'm like, I know being gone off a barbell for three months, like I'm not going to be able to lift what I was.
1: I think it's having the confidence to do that as well, though. Like for some people, that's really scary that because it's not through any fault of your own, like you've not decided to take three months off, you've not been able to access that. So you've been working hard and then you get back into the gym. You don't necessarily want to mm-hmm. scale everything back. That's rubbish. And I totally can empathize with that feeling of now I feel like I failed when actually that's the sensible thing to do. And actually, if we all sit down and think about it, then yeah, of course it's a sensible thing to do, but it's having that kind of confidence to say, this is okay and I will build back up and this is what's right for me now, rather than, oh, I've got this to prove because my Instagram post needs to show that
0: I haven't got weaker. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I think a lot of, there's a lot of really good coaches, but there's a lot of really bad ones too. And I don't realize that as well. Um, Around here, there's a big, like kind of standard CrossFit workout. That's always takes place Memorial day, which is always end of May, which was like right around the times the gym reopened. And so a lot of gyms were doing that workout. There was a coach I talked to a different state from where I live. He's like, no, we're actually pushing ours to, it was like a date in July or August. I think he's like, I just don't want my athletes to come back and like, all get injured. Cause they push too hard. I was like, yeah, "Thank no you
1: for one being needs smart." To start back on a Murph—that <laughs> is not the way forward.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd seen a few people. Did, is it Fourth of July? Is that Independence Day?
0: And oh, that's Fourth of July, yeah. Yeah, Independence Day. yeah. I
2: saw people push their Murph to then.
0: Yep, a lot mm-hmm. of people, which, did, or some people like, did, but which was smart. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And like Murph is a funny one because actually, if you've only got access to bodyweight stuff and a pull-up bar, it's probably the only yeah, one yeah. you can really have
0: carried <laughs> on training done, for, for at
2: home. <laughs> yeah but it's it's whether you have or not it's like it's not necessarily the movements it's the intensity of of something like Murph. like
1: yeah absolutely no joke ever
0: <laughs> 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 so true <Okay. laughs> awesome well guys yeah, I think, oh yeah go ahead
2: so i was just going to say i think coaches had the same thing as as athletes like mm. we haven't been able to train in gyms and use the right equipment and you get that you get back into the gym and you get that I want these guys doing this, and it's happened to then say to yourself, no. Like they want to do that, you want them to do that, but what they've done for three months is play FIFA and eat. Like they so can't do guilty. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that wasn't you. But like that—that that was actually no one I trained. But like I saw people do it. Like come back in the first day of training, and their coaches and then both want to do the same thing. And then you look back, and you're like, actually, for three months now, I've I've literally hardly moved. Like if nothing else my hips and my spine are all locked up and out of alignment from being sat like this all day Mm -hmm. versus having that constant training and yeah
1: I think there's a lot to be said actually we should shout out to the coaches that kept everyone going through lockdown because I think Sean must have changed my training plan about 500 times as things got cancelled and pushed back and then I had a barbell and then I only had a 10 kilo dumbbell and yeah it's no joke how like if you've managed to have a coach who's kind of kept you on track then you are one lucky duck so that's very
0: true (laughs) I was definitely messaging clients for like all right what do you have now (laughs) like
1: (laughs) yeah what are we down to (laughs) (laughs) are we talking and cans of beans or have you actually got some
2: dumbbells
0: I'm like can we go to Lowe's and get a bucket and fill it (laughs) with (laughs) some rocks because we can do a lot with that
2: yeah I really like the secondhand enjoyment I'd get a message like. I've just had a resistance band delivered or I've just managed to get my hands on like a four kilo dumbbell. And I'd be like, brilliant. That's so much better than nothing. Like we can do more stuff
0: how hard was it to find some of that stuff for a while
1: (laughs) even even right now in the UK you cannot get I'm we're waiting on a Nordic track which was like super exciting and we debated it for ages and we ordered it back in December and it was supposed to be being delivered the first week of February and I got a call from them the other day being like we're really sorry but it's going to be delayed and we don't know when I'm like no please
0: Yeah. yeah I just had someone message me probably about two weeks ago um, lives here locally he's like do you know where i can find the kettlebell <laughs> it's like, nope <laughs> it's like no job unfortunately i don't like <laughs> look for some gyms that might be closing down
2: <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what we've been saying well yeah, yeah like yeah it's the gyms that haven't made it through that might yeah. be selling off their gear which is, uh... but there's like i don't know if it's the same in the u.s the premium on equipment at the moment is it's unreal a... so i yeah. I put myself on the wait list for a concept which is fun it's 15 weeks from now so I'll be looking forward to getting that sometime in <laughs> April. May. Um, but so I thought I'll have a look for some secondhand ones, see if people are selling theirs off, seeing if people have wanted rid. And like a brand new one from concept with a two year warranty and like all the stuff is about 860 pounds. I've seen people selling them for up to 1500, it's just like used like 20,000 kilometers road on them. That's and they've amazing. doubled the cost. And you know, and you're like, you
0: suck. Yeah. You suck.
2: people are really finding an excuse to to be terrible people
0: (laughs) Yeah, they are that's sad. very unfortunate but yeah anything that comes to mind that we haven't talked about that you feel is really important to point out from either an athlete or a coaching standpoint
1: oh good question
0: i think it becomes a
1: work on your balance recovery is really important i don't know that like we've kind of talked about training and the importance of that, but it really is that recovery time is when you will make those gains. And I think be willing to trust that. Like I think for a while I was really scared that any time off was kind of a sign of weakness and, and that was a real problem. Um, it really is the time your body needs to recover to be able to kind of put any progress forward from there. Um, I think the other thing I'd say is make use of the community. I think for me, when I first started moving to elite was a really scary thing Um, and I wanted to make sure that when I made that transition, I made everyone who wanted to do that kind of very welcome in that process. So it was a lot of reaching out. Like I've always kind of had that on my social media that if you ever have a question or you want to talk about something, please drop me a message because if it can help one person build that confidence or that kind of mindset that I can, um, then I think that's really great. And one of the girls that we train with now who is now one of my best friends in the world um she was really hesitant to move to elite and actually I think having someone there kind of saying to her no no like you can do this and come and stand with me on the start line and push through the guys because you deserve to be here too and I think that community aspect is is really important so if you're not there yet reach out and if you are there be kind people are nervous and and reach back because that's kind of the beauty of it as well but yeah I'd say that's that's me
2: yeah I like I always say say to everyone like if you want to be good at something get a coach and like I always say it doesn't have to be me for a lot of people it shouldn't be me (laughs) but find a coach that you can work well with don't just go for the the person with the most Instagram followers or the best abs like find a coach that has a track record of helping athletes and working with athletes similar to your level and getting them to where you want to be and similar to your sport yeah and yeah spend the money and spend the time if you want to be good at something you have to invest in it um and like i say like for a lot of people that that is getting a coach getting someone to tell them to chill out or to push harder depending on what day of the week it is (laughs) but yeah that's that's the advice i always give anyone that's talking about trying to do a sport for anything more than fun
0: beautiful love it both of you Awesome. Well, if someone wants to follow you, wants more information, where can they find you guys at?
1: Oh, good question. So we are, we are Team Grit OCR as a couple. So we set up um, a bit of an OCR community a couple of years ago now. Um, so they can either find us at TeamGrit.OCR on Instagram or literally just Google Team Grit OCR and our website will come up. Um, There's lots of information on there about kind of our journey Um, and we've also got a range of kind of training programs and then obviously the coaching that we offer um, and that ranges from like we've got a girl who wanted to improve her 10k time so she's been working on that all the way up to obviously myself and we've got another girl who's on the pro team for Spartan as well so there's a real kind of range of options of what we offer but also if you want to drop a message and say I have no idea in what shoes I'm running in or where the hell do I start with an open race like definitely message us too because that's kind of what we're about it's what we enjoy um if you want to find me I am Smiley Spartan Racer on Instagram. So, do if you're interested in OCR at all or trail running, or you just want to drop a message or you're having a really crappy day. Um, I think the beauty of social media is that we can kind of stay connected. So, yeah, check, reach out, or just kind of hang around in the background, whatever works for you. But yeah, once the world is normal again, if you're in the UK, we're in Shropshire and we'll be looking to kind of host some some events in person so if you're local keep an eye out for that hopefully that will be sooner rather than later um but yeah we will see and then they can find you
2: yeah I mean they can find me uh, I'm terrible <laughs> with social media um if, if like if you want to find me it's I think my Instagram I don't kind of remember my Instagram silverback spartan. underscore spartan yeah. something spartan yeah like
1: find me and then you'll find him yeah obviously feel free <laughs> to message
2: me and chat to me and stuff but i yeah, i'm pretty bad with social media so just message me. just yeah you're better off messaging <laughs> the team grip page or jesse and then anything that i need to know she then passes on to me, and i don't <laughs> just miss it and forget about it
0: awesome well thank you again guys for your time i greatly appreciate hey, thank it you. it's been awesome it's been fun <laughs> i really hope you enjoyed that conversation And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training, or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, Your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash ask the OCR doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation and until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.